Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Dr. Glenn Nowell here with reading and commentary 50 of our series on unconditional joy. How to get it, have it, and keep it. With this reading and commentary, you now have the audio version of our how-to manual in its entirety with updated insights since it debuted in 2001. Our reading for this segment is essentially a summation of the ultimate goal of choosing to live the Christian life, the John 10.10 abundant life, according to the roadmap set forth by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ himself in the Sermon on the Mount, found at the very beginning of that invaluable collection of guidance. That roadmap being the Beatitudes, explained precisely through the promises with the preciseness of a dictionary definition of that goal. The following reading will be brief. Let's begin. Epilogue. Spirituality at a glance. One. Unconditional joy is the state of being that, quote, is God's will for you in Christ Jesus, close quote. 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 16 and 18. It is usually confused with happiness, which is an emotional response to external or internal stimuli, such as people, objects, activities, or psychological techniques. Unconditional joy is created by God in you, as a result of your relationship with Him, and is, therefore, unaffected by circumstances or the environment. 2. The universal search for happiness, meaning, and purpose is based on the reality that human beings are created in the image of God. Genesis 1, verse 26. This means that you have, at the core of your being, a God-shaped space that only He can adequately fill. Vacancy of this core space is unthinkable, driven by a threat, conscious or unconscious, of unbearable anxiety. This space must be occupied either by the ego or God. Three, the healthy self is God-centered. The unhealthy self is ego-centered. 
the problems revealed through self-examination identify your egocentric condition. The Beatitudes of Jesus Christ constitute His step-by-step -step prescription for the healthy deflation of your ego as God takes His rightful place at your core. Matthew 5 verse 3 this progressive process is the essence of biblical spirituality and is fundamental and necessary for spiritual health. 4. The goal of spirituality is oneness with God. Its process leads to self-actualization, the person God created you to be. The process involves not thinking less of yourself, but rather thinking of yourself less. The cancerous growth of the ego diminishes self-esteem. Life in Christ produces healthy self-esteem, commensurate with spiritual growth and progress. 5. There is nothing you can do to merit a saving relationship with God through Jesus Christ. But in order to participate in such a relationship, you must be willing to do what Jesus described in the Beatitudes. Ephesians 2 verses 8 through 10. The promises simply explain the Beatitudes requirements. Now the commentary. The reason we were created in the first place was to have this personal, intimate relationship with God. We, as human beings, are unique in that respect. Other animals, the angels in heaven, none of God's creation seems to have this same purpose, at least certainly not to the extent that you and I have been given this purpose. Secular humanism is a perfectly natural religion suited for anyone who turns to anything or anyone other than God. And think about how this false religion has permeated every aspect of, yes, our 21st century culture. Its influence has been so wide and deep that you and I are just as likely to hear from Christians, Christian authorities, Christian preachers, Christian counselors, that first and foremost, before you can be any good for God, you have to understand and somehow embrace, somehow digest rock-solid self-esteem. Without self-esteem, there's no hope. No without absolute humility, recognizing our total unworthiness before God, that is the only hope you and I have. That is the only entry into a personal, intimate, transforming, powerful relationship with God through Jesus Christ, who historically modeled exactly what it means as a human being to let go and let God empty this inter-ego and allow God to fill us 
with his presence in the person of the Holy Spirit. He modeled that historically and he continues to revive us and sustain us by living in us. But you and I have the constant work of emptying ourselves. Early in this dual track of studies that I was involved in with seeking a deeper understanding of faith versus a deeper understanding of human behavior from the standpoint of psychology, it has fascinated me how the most reliable conclusions from a psychological perspective have always been in perfect harmony with what we have already known, what has already been revealed to us in the Word of God. But it has also made me so grateful that my calling is not to be a psychotherapist. My calling is to be a Christian psychotherapist. Throughout my growth professionally, working with colleagues who have different levels of spirituality of their own, I have experienced over and over how pure psychological and or psychiatric treatments alone cannot offer true happiness. They can be very helpful. In fact, in many cases, they can be life rescuing for the person who is so deep in depression that he or she needs a medical prescription to deal with brain chemistry failure. I've seen how certain mental disorders, OCD, Tourette's syndrome, PTSD, NPD, NPD, by the way, refers to narcissistic personality disorder. And yes, that is a thing as well. I've seen how medication has worked miracles in making these conditions more manageable. But I have never found any offering in either psychology or psychiatry capable of bringing true happiness to anyone. As a continuous step activity in the form of the promises, nothing in what we have presented has ever been presented as an alternative or a replacement for medical treatment. In fact, it hasn't even been presented as a substitute for 12-step recovery, which focuses on specific addictions. God has worked so many miracles through so many different organized groups practicing 12-step recovery. The Beatitudes presented in the form of the promises are designed for all of us who want to walk closer with our Lord and Savior and follow Him more faithfully. Now, throughout most of the history of Christianity being faithfully planted in the hearts of various cultures, ultimately transforming those cultures, there has not been until very recent in the grand picture of human history an understanding of addiction. But where addiction is properly understood in psychological terms, what you have is a description of sin itself. Let's look at a simple example. Let's take the sin of lying. Maybe you've known someone who was a compulsive liar. They lied about everything. 
even things for which there was absolutely no rational justification for even the temptation of it. Lying is a sin, not only because it makes trust impossible between human beings and it severs trust between us and God, but because no one gets to a point in his or her life where they have never lied, but then one day decides, you know what? I'd like to try lying for once, just to see how it works out. So we lie. In the short term, if we were clever about it, perhaps it accomplished exactly what we were hoping it would accomplish. In the long run, it will require more lies to prop up the original lie. If you and I could lie once and then leave it alone never to lie again, it would not be a spiritual threat. An aside, but certainly germane, when referring to the alphabet soup of mental disorders, when I mentioned NPD, Narcissistic Personality Disorder, that is brain chemistry failure. But we all come into this world as narcissists, but we have, for the most part, the capacity to grow beyond it. But we have a culture that does everything it can possibly do to reinforce that infantile self-centeredness in us. The commercials, have it your way, you're the most important person. I've talked in, in other programs about how even the Hallmark Channel always relies on the ultimate value, follow your heart, which means do what you want to do. In fact, often in those programs, the advice will be, you know, you look out for others too much. You need to start thinking about yourself. Well, I can tell you that even the wallflower, even the person that we normally identify with low, low self-esteem is nevertheless as self-centered as the egomaniac. In fact, one of the most interesting descriptions of one of my own patients that he made of himself was he described himself as a, an egomaniac with an inferiority complex. I thanked him because I said, you know what, I think that that's a, an excellent diagnosis for me. <laughs> when Unconditional Joy was first published, diagnoses of NPD were not all that common. But much of what we find in the Bible's description of sin as being rooted in the cancerous, ever-growing, out-of-control ego is a form of narcissism. The difference is that most of us have the brain structure that allows us to outgrow that narcissism. But guess what? If we do not step outside of the influence of this culture and look to God's word to set our boundaries and to give us direction, we'll end up being middle-aged folks with infantile personalities. And there's no way someone like that can ever know joy. Unconditional Joy was published in 2001. In 2006, a brilliant, though completely secular, psychologist, and I don't mean that in a negative way, I mean she took strictly a psychological approach. Her name, Jean M. Twangy. <laughs> if, um, well, her name is spelled T-W-E-N-G-E. I think I would introduce myself as Dr. Twinge, but she is Dr. Twangy. 
but her work was unquestionably sound as she went through all kinds of in-depth data about previous generations she wrote the conclusion of her in-depth study in the book titled generation me now listen to the subtitle this explains it all why today's young americans are more confident assertive entitled and more miserable than ever before I think that title and subtitle speaks for itself but her conclusion as she compares earlier generations in fact specifically she zeroes in on the World War II generation the generation that was born into the depression and lived through really two world wars we have so many records and Dr. Twangy did deep research in the records of mental institutions that housed members of that generation. That generation wrote tons of letters. We have so much information about them and of course with the internet and with texting and all of this other stuff we have a lot of information about ourselves today. She compared the two and she concluded that the previous generation with all of its trials and troubles and demands and hardships and challenges that generation was demonstrably happier than people are generally today she also concluded you can't be entitled and also be happy and yet politicians the educational system the media everyone is trying to reinforce entitlement you could put her conclusion right alongside with my conclusion. I come from a biblical standpoint. She comes from a clinical psychological standpoint and the conclusions are the same. Later, by the way, she joined with W. Keith Campbell in writing The Narcissism Epidemic, Living in the Age of Entitlement. All that is to simply point out that all of the psychological links with what the Bible refers to as sin is self-evident. And even if it seems a little bit like intellectual gobbledygook at this point, you will understand it as you pour yourself into the Beatitudes as your new and lasting way of life. The harder you work toward realizing each of the requirements of the Beatitudes as set forth in the promises, the more you will realize that it is a gift of God, not of works, the less and less you will be tempted to boast in any way, in any form. Yes, the harder you and I work on our relationship with God, the more we are constantly compelled to declare to God be the glory. Amen.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.